Today, on this episode of D&D Agony Aunt, Sam and I talk about a city formed by warlocks and how a pact might change its culture. Welcome to We Speak Common. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode of the D&D podcast for everyone because here we speak common. This is a show brought to you in partnership with the Dice Dungeon and Describe, two partners who if you've been listening for a while you already know about. Uh, As it's a bonus episode I'm not going to go massively into an ad reel. If you want to find out more, if you want to get money off the services that they provide then check out the description below and listen to the normal regular episodes released on a Thursday. Today, I have a longtime friend, player, and fellow DM, Sam, with me. Hello, Sam. Hello. We're going straight in today, mate. Yeah, jumping um, straight into the deep end. Straight in, because I opened up the emails for this, and I got, like, one or two. <laughs> Not many. So I want to do, I want to do one show the format off and see if people want to email in more things and then uh, if they do we'll make it a, a more frequent thing otherwise it'll just be a bonus thing so today we are doing what i have named D agony on basically a while ago over a year ago when joe was part of the show we would occasionally get emails in from people saying hey here's this situation i've got in my D world or um, they'd say, here's a topic that I want to hear about, but here's specifically why. So like, you might email and be like, oh, I want to know how to run a desert campaign because here's my campaign. And they'd give the story and then like the issue that they're having. And so yeah, we would okay. answer like their specific problem or their specific issue, but we'd also talk around the topic in general. And I miss doing that. I miss like directly helping people in a in like that of a direct way so dnd aggie now is basically if you've got an issue in your game like if you've got something that's not quite right or you're not quite sure how to fix on like on a story level or on a mechanic level whatever you can email it in to we speak common at hotmail.com and we will do a dnd agony Aunt episode and it'll be me and someone anyone just talking about how they would fix it so very generalized topic help for one specific person but also hopefully uh, idea inspiring for other listeners that's the idea wait hotmail is still a thing oh it's, okay so there's a story here when joe and i set up the podcast three years ago we tried to get we speak common at gmail.com somebody already had it well that's just rude and, I, and like this is before the podcast was a thing like this is like nobody we spent ages trying to come up with a name and then we we settled on one that we really liked which was we speak common and everything else was fine like it was available on twitter like the domain was available like everything was available except the gmail account so joe set up a hotmail and um that's what we're stuck with now so yes hotmail is is still a thing it's it's outlook is the program but hotmail is still the address oh interesting okay yeah and what what was the what was the what was the interesting question uh what for today's episode yeah (laughs) okay okay so the email from uh brett wilson says hi ben long time listener of the show i was inspired to get your input after you plugged the email address in a recent episode good that's what i wanted (laughs) Uh, i've got a city that was founded by a group of religious refugees seeking asylum from a more domineering home 
to carve out an area of their own, they needed power. Some of the leaders among those refugees became warlocks and are affectionately referred to as the Pact Keepers. Very cool name. Ooh. How would being founded by warlocks affect the city's identity and culture moving forward? I want to avoid the evil and dark connotation of a pact, but possibly a greater good trope could explain a fiend pack specifically. I'm mainly just interested in hearing your unique creative take on this prompt. Thanks for your time, Brett. Whoa, what yeah. a cracker. It's a good one, isn't it? It's a good one yeah. to start with. And just to prove that this is um, a more relaxed format, I do have a, uh, uh, a bottle of beer here. You have a bottle of beer? Yep, I'm in a bottle, I've bottle got, of beer. I've got, like, a shot of tea left. Oh, you hardcore drinker. I know, I know. What can I say? Okay, so a city founded by warlocks, and, we're, and, and how is it different? How is it unique and, and not necessarily evil? So immediately, if we're like, and, and this is honestly just like spitballing ideas here. So if we're not thinking evil, well, first of all, I don't think packs have to be evil because you've got things like the Pact of the Celestial, which can be typically more good. But then also um, my character in Descendant of Avernus is a warlock and their pact is with a uh, pit fiend. And their whole thing is about wanting to rebuild Avernus back into its true state when it was like grassy fields and lovely before it was ravaged by the blood war and also taking over Baldur's Gate so that they can make it their home make it a, a like a wonderful place that people want to go to and basically the other water deep so it's like the, the jewel in the north and all of that so they are taking out what would be considered a quote-unquote evil pact with a devil but from their point of view from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. From their point of view... <laughs> you just had to. <laughs> I had to. I couldn't not. I had to channel my Anakin Skywalker. Um, from their point of view, they're doing it all for the right reasons. And what was interesting was when they went down into Avernus in Descent, the other player characters were like, devils are evil. Like, what are you doing? And Clath was all, no, devils have order. They have laws that they follow. Devils are... One, predictable because they follow their laws, and two, they they don't break the laws. They cut like they cannot physically break their laws. They have to find other ways to break them, which okay, is a bit of a red flag. But still, they follow rules and they set them out, so they are lawful. Whereas demons are chaotic and pure, just nuisance and monsters, and he would class them as evil. So, I think if you wanted to do a devilish pact running the city you could absolutely do it in that term of well from my point of view it's not evil and that would definitely be an interesting culture to to visit from the outside and an interesting um it would lead to interesting ways that the city's framed from outside point of view as well everyone outside of the city is like they are crazy they are like not good where everyone in the city is like this is fine <laughs> i like yeah. that idea yeah it's like you're you um it's kind of like when you're a kid and your mum's like don't go to that that part of the park because that's that's bad if you go there you're gonna get stabbed and then when you're a teenager you go there and it's just a bunch of teenagers like just dr day drinking <laughs> and there's no <laughs> knives and it's actually fine yeah yeah you get I... the, you get to the city and everything's okay 
My immediate, like, question, though, when thinking of this is um, why have they made the pact? Obviously, they've made that pact to get power, but why Mm. have they, like, the the whole city and why it's significant compared to other cities really revolves around what that pact was initially, like, what was... Yeah sold what was what was done to create the pact what was the pact even for if that makes so sense so i uh, so let's i like to play around with like the stereotypical like what what the subclass pact is to what actually the the patron is mm. so like for the hexblade i will let anyone have any any creature as their their patron like if you want to have a devil as your patron but you want to play a hexblade like it's fine you don't need to take pact of the fiend um so you could have like pact of the great old one and maybe the great old one is like a an ancient elemental creature that lives in that area of the material plane in like maybe they're part of the earth and so they made a pact with this creature in the earth to give them the ability to reform the stone and so all of the buildings look more naturally formed rather than like chiseled and cut that would be quite cool oh that's sick like like power power doesn't have to be spells and strength like it could be hello ancient and powerful great old one i would like you please for servitude from all of the people in the city to make a haven because you are powerful and powerful be in this sense being that that creature can build a beautiful inhabited uh, habitable city in the blink of an eye or, or much quicker than any mortal race could and so for the for the ease of them basically clicking their finger and bringing this place into existence the whole city now just has to worship them yeah i like that and the the thing that that makes me think of is also like um oh it's on the tip of my brain it was right there the what was it like how i don't know so say ah i'm starting a new town sam's gonna start his new town he's calling it samland um (laughs) (laughs) and i'm going to i'm gonna ask this uh deity or the or being who can make gold um to make a lot of gold in this area so i have a resource that then is like very beneficial yeah like you there are these beings in the D&D universe that can like manifest things that would be really valuable resources. Well, for what if it's like use. what if there's a resource on in like buried in Mount Celestia, right? That has to be mined out of particularly that mount on that plane. And so you ask, you make a deal with a, a celestial being, a pact as it were, to get you that resource and so your city becomes very famous and very well known for that particular resource oh my god and that could be uh, my brain's going now so that could be (laughs) like okay let's go with that let's say that okay x many years ago when the city was founded the original founders the six of them made deals with a celestial being to give them power and the social being came along and said well what do you want like i will i will take your worship because it gives me power and it gives me agents in the material plane but what do you want and they say we want 
something we want to build a city and we want something that makes it amazing because we want to be in charge of this area and we want people to come here and it to flourish and they go okay here you go have this ore that only forms i feel i feel like we are (laughs) redoing the plot of black panther oh my god yeah we are yeah 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 literally how perfect is that as an example though it's 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 the fantasy D version of black panther without the alien meteorite the the god says here's this ore we got shit tons of it mate you take some and just do what you want with it. So the the, the guys build a city. They build, they bring people over. They they smelt the ore into special glass or special weapons or or special magic stones or whatever. And so this one city forms, and nobody knows except for the people at the at the high top in the in the Illuminati of the city that every every I don't know a hundred years this great celestial being says, okay, here's some more raw. Let's resign the contract. <laughs> and then the city like continues to produce it. And so what happens then? That's, that's the, that's the hook, isn't it? What happens when the players come along, find this out and stop the pact? Does the city just crash and burn? Yeah. Like it, um, I, I, I imagine it as a resource that like the people rely on, like this city and this society have become so ingrained with this material now because of like I don't know this Illuminati society that are you know making these packs have have had it for years on years on years on years on years. So when you get like communities and societies and they've got these traditional things, they need this material. And if your players come in and they're like, "Hey, they're making an evil, they're making an evil pact. We need to stop that." The whole the whole city just breaks it just Mm. doesn't work as well Mm -hmm. anymore because that that like engine that factory that was producing this material for them has now stopped and it can't it can't expand their city anymore all of their like trade deals and stuff like that will stop because they're probably like oh hello guys we can sell you this really hard to find material for lots and lots of money but if they can't get it anymore they can't sell it anymore which means Bam, no economy. It's destructive. I love it. I love every part of that idea. Yeah, that's really cool. I might have to use that somewhere on car. That was that was explosive diarrhea from Ooh. me, but that was like, whoa. Did you just hear the car horn go off outside my window? Yeah, <laughs> it was a pretty ju- loud Like it properly just jumped <laughs> out of my skin. Christ. Um, <laughs> oh, my heart's going. Um, so I just double checked the email because I was like, well, we're, we're coming up with ideas for how the city was formed. But I think in Brett's example, the city's already formed. Mm. And what's interesting is that um, they've, I'm, I'm imagining, I'm taking it that, that the general public know that the city has a, has a connection to some sort of greater being because he says, uh, hang on, where is it? Uh, founded by a group of religious refugees seeking asylum from a domineering home to carve out an area all their own, they need power. The leaders among these refugees became warlocks and are effectively referred to as the pack keepers. So how would they be, how would they be viewed from outside? I think there's, there's a mix and then uh, they, I, let me, let me formulate my words here. There's a mix in the sense that you can either do like black and white side of the coin, you know, heads and tails, or you can do lots of different pools. But in its simplest form, you could have the people who see the Pact Keepers as um, heroes in a way. Like they, they, 
made a safe space away from this domineering presence the place for all of the refugees they made a safe haven and they were um they did the unthinkable and they aligned with other planar beings yeah or you have the other side of the coin the people who don't like them who are like well they're warlocks they meddle in dark, mysterious powers. Who knows what they believe and what they're doing? I heard a rumor that they sacrifice orphans to the power to for, for the, all of their magic and stuff like this. And so you've got these two sides of propaganda. That could be a really interesting like thing to have in your world because your players are going to see these different opinions of this city before they get there. And then maybe when they get there... It's all lovely and amazing because all the refugees are like, yeah, we've got a place to stay. This is our home. It's wonderful. And then maybe they get a slight sense that maybe there's something dark going on. But maybe there isn't. Maybe there is. You don't know. You know, that's up to you. There's, as the, there's that slight something feels up. Mm. And you know maybe... when you go into a place where it's like there's too much good stuff happening. <laughs> yeah, it can't all be this good. It's like whenever I put an NPC in front of you lot. You're like, they yeah, can't we're, actually we're, be nice. All of us are like, wait. Yeah, I literally put a celestial in front of you and you're like, oh, they must be evil. <laughs> I'm like, they're celestial. That's normally good. Like, anyway. Um, one, one tree gone. branch that you just grew for me was, um, so I imagine like a generational gap as well. Mm-hmm. Now this is going very deep into it. <laughs> Probably too deep. But like, um, they were asylum seekers and they were very religious and they'd they'd gone to this place they'd they've created like a safe haven for them to be in mm. and i can imagine that like the older people who remembered the reason that they needed to seek asylum would hold these warlocks in like really high regard and yeah. see them as like super powerful figures that needed people's respect in the sense of like they got us out of a really harsh situation. And I also can see the younger people being like, yeah, but we don't understand why these people are so powerful for this thing that they did. Why do we have to do it that way? Why can't we do it a new way? Yeah, like, that's something that could be really interestingly played upon because, like, characters could meet older characters who are all for this... this, this way of government, this way of, you know, organisation. yeah. Yeah. And then you meet any younger, like, I don't know whether that's children or, like, slightly younger, like, 20s kind of people who are completely against it. They're like, no, we don't, we don't really agree with this. I just think that would be an interesting thing to see if I was a player. Mm. I think you said, oh, it might be going too deep. I don't think it is because you've got to remember, like, it takes a long time for a city to form, like a town will exactly. crop up over a few decades, right? Maybe a century. But a city, like that's, unless there's a driving force, like a resource, that's going to take time to build up. And it sounds mm. like there isn't a kind of, there isn't a resource. It's not traditional in that sense. It's literally people wanted a, a, somewhere of their, their own. They found a nice space and they were like, this'll do, let's do it here. So there's no reason in in the traditional sense to go there. But what's also interesting is that they're they're religious asylum seekers. So they have they were previously aligned to some sort of 
religion and potentially mm. some sort of power, right? So what if that power is a vindictive God? What if they are now angered by these asylum seekers and this city, this gathering of people that have, um, you know, that are aligning to this, this warlock way of life and these patrons is a complete affront to them. So have you got mm. potentially a war brewing or is there a war going on between the original city that the original pack keepers are from and the city that has now formed? Because that could be really interesting too. Yeah, because like the original city itself is, you know, building from the fact that like there's a powerful deity helping support it. The city growing from that is all all well and good from like, I'm going back to the old people again, from an older person's perspective, because they're like, yeah, this this is really good that that deity has really helped, you know, fuel the success of this great like city that we've made whereas the newer younger people only see okay this this god that's very vindictive and not very like not strictly good is also like the main thing here mm. and there's that there, there's that constant argument between like okay the city is basically fueled by this thing but we as a population now disagree with that yeah i think there are a couple of ways you could go about this as well like you could or maybe there's like three core ways you could have the middle road where the city is established city people know it's run by warlocks and it's neither good or evil like it's not a focus of the campaign it's just a place Mm. kind of like you know like if you're playing a pirate campaign or if you're not playing a pirate campaign but you might get into like on the seas you might go to like a pirate haven and you'd be like well this place is kind of shady but we're not dealing <laughs> like pirates aren't our problem in this campaign like we've got other things to worry about so we're not gonna worry about it but we're here we've experienced it this is cool so it could be just a set piece just a location or you can have it as a focal point of okay there's this city it's really shady it's really evil the players need to go there and like undo it or it's it's good and it's working and they they might go there and they might have a great time and if you're running a campaign where the city is the focus then you can lean heavily one way or the other into well it's a bad campaign and there's a war and the players have to fight the war against the city or the other way if they have to defend the city against whatever's coming because there's a lot of prejudice just because of the fact that they made a pact or whatever um mm. so that could be interesting and i think that if you if you do it in the more gray area, like if you've got a campaign that's got a story and like this, this is just a set piece. That's going to be, I, for me, I think where the most fun would be because you can really give different opinions of this location, different opinions from different people from different parts of the world, paint a picture, set it up. And then when the players go there, knock all of those down with what it actually is like. And depending on their actions, maybe they get involved. So maybe, I don't know, like, let's think about, like, Waterdeep and the, the Code Legal, right? And how there are magistrates walking the streets. What if the law system in this city of the Warlocks is that if you break the law really badly, you have to go and stand trial in front of the Pact Keepers? And are the Pact Keepers a little bit corrupt in themselves? Are they, like, eternally youthful because of their magic? And so they're they're basically a dictator because they're always in charge. Or... Is it good that they're always in charge because they are able to uphold the pact, which keeps everyone safe, that allows this city to be a refugee uh, camp, effectively, from this other religion? 
like there's there's so many different different things and i think to to answer brett's question um to to say how how would it be portrayed by the outer world is kind of however the hell you want it to be because Mm. depending on who's looking at it it's gonna look different and i think that's a bit of a non-answer but it's also like the best position to be in an important an important perspective to get from it and i think that's an important part of world building as well is like how individual different areas will look at this place because it says a lot about um i don't know so say you've got one city um and they have a very particular way of thinking because that city has evolved around that way of thinking and their people are very similar to that um that way of thinking directly like opposes this warlock city because of just just the way they formed as completely separate cities but then you could get another completely different city that's like whoa look at that city that city's doing really cool Maybe like we they, should make got... a deal with some, yeah, some maybe, higher power. Maybe. Do you guys know any, like, really powerful beings that we can make <laughs> a pact with? Oh, you, do, oh, you know a devil? Do okay. any of you guys, like, talk to gods often? You, you don't have any gods? Should, should we talk to Demogorgon? Would, th- would that be... Does Demogorgon have anything to offer? Like... You can you can gather a really good perspective from each of the other nations, and that can really forge this nation itself. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, let's you've kind of segued really nicely. Let's talk about the culture then, and the the way uh, it might progress and might change over time. Because I was thinking about this. I think um, what would be really interesting is do does the whole city and general like life and culture of the way people work revolve around contracts and deals like do do when you go in to Ooh. buy something are you not just buying something and ch- exchanging money for goods are you actually signing a contract and saying that's no I'm gonna, that's I'm cool use this forever. like yeah. how how cool would that be and like oh okay um so it, it, take anything you would do in normal life right you and me in in the real world, the boring world where there's no dragons, well that we know of anymore. And uh, you, I say to you, hey Sam, I would like to go out for meal with you. Like, let's go get some food. Do you want to do that? And you say, yes. Okay, but you got to sign this contract for me. Well, maybe but... it's not. Maybe it's not signing, but maybe there's verbal contracts as well. So you're like, yes, I would like to do that. Shall we do that? And I say, yes, okay. How how is Wednesday at three p.m. for you? And you go, oh yes, Wednesday at three p.m. is wonderful. Shall we go to the Globe? And I go, yes, let's go to the Globe. And then if I don't do that, I've broken a contract. You've and like, broken the contract, it's, which it's... is like rude. Oh yeah, that is like so etiquettely fucking rude. Yeah, like, like and like we, our friendship is forfeit. Like that's the like, collateral. I can I can imagine player players coming into this place and being like, okay, um, I'll come back to the shop at eight, and then the other day they, they don't get sidetracked with something, and then yeah. they go back to the shop at a later time, and the shopkeeper's there like, I'm not serving. You, you. broke the contract. I'm not serving you. And the, the players shock in a moment like that. I actually really like that idea. And it'd be really cool. 
it makes like transactions as well. Like I, the the first thing I thought when you were talking about contracts was like transactions and like people are actually making physical contracts to sell things. So mm. they're just you, you're not just buying a potion and giving them your gold. You are signing a thing that allows you to take that from them so that you can go and lead your life. And that that gold is uh, that potion that you've just bought is now rightfully yours because the contract mm. is signed and that is the deal. I mean, well, think about it. That's basically what uh, what happens when you buy something and you get given a receipt. That's what that is. That's that is your contract. Say, look, I bought <laughs> your receipt this thing. is your pact. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, well, it is. If you think about it, like that's if I walk out of a shop and a police officer stops me and says, "Excuse me, sir, have you paid for that?" I show him my contract. I show him my receipt. Right. His, so his proof. Yeah. Just take the mundane things and make them warlocky. That would Put be so interesting. Into your D and D world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, thank you for buying my health potions. Here is your contract of receipt, and they're like, uh, uh, okay, thanks. And then they they like throw it away, and then they get into a fight in the street, and you know, and they stop a robber, and the 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 crowns guard comes, uh, or the packed guard comes. That's a cool name for it, and they um. They're like, oh, are you okay, player, sir? Are you all right? And they're like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just going to drink this health potion. And the the pack guard says, oh, hang on a minute. Oh, where's wait, your, wait a second, where's, sir. Where's your contract of receipt for that? You 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 didn't you didn't sign a contract for that, did you? I can see um, that that was bought just... at, uh, at Mr. B's. Why have you? Where's your contract of receipt? Did you steal that? Can you not prove that you bought that? Oh, and oh, that in itself is just like pure juice. It's like... also like it's like really. <laughs> It's really minute and annoying as well. It's really silly. I kind of love because it's perfect for a contract. Like, contracts are annoying. Yeah, and fucking, like, somebody... I've sworn a lot. Um, it's fine. It's, it's somebody, fine. Somebody literally getting dragged to jail because this society is built around these contracts. They are, like, the, the big rule. Like, there's a mm-hmm. whole load of other sets of rules, but this is the etiquette. This is, like how we do things i can't think of any etiquette things that we do in the uk that are like very etiquette here but not etiquette somewhere else okay um, well what about what about like etiquette for us would be things like if we're going like traditional like british etiquette be like you know how you use your knife and fork and no elbows on the table and Oh, yeah, oh, like, but it's like incredibly frowned upon. Every, by this everyone whole lines up. Everyone queues in the UK. This is something I've learned when I've travelled. Like no, like other places don't queue the way that the UK queues. Like we and love forming queues. We're really good at queuing. Yeah. <laughs> Even when there's not like any barriers or anything like that, yeah. <laughs> we just we just start we just we start just start curbing. forming a line. <laughs> exactly, and it's like an etiquette in the sense of like. If if somebody goes out of that line and like pushes across, everybody in that line is now pissed off. So you can't push. Pissed off. Yeah. What are yeah. you doing? You're getting yeah. in the line. So, so I, I think... imagine that that like that rule is ingrained in that society to a point where they just think it's normal to well, yeah, to make well, contracts that... about really mundane things. Well, I think like with with culture in general, you have to think of it in terms of in terms of like it's normal it this is life and so it's not strange you have to imagine that whatever weird thing you're putting in isn't weird at all and you have to act like it's completely normal so like you could go down that whole 
exaggerated route of like actually giving out physical contracts or if the city is like hundreds of years old or whatever it's got to a point where it's just culturally known and culturally accepted that when you say you're going to do something you are tied to that spoken contract and if you don't do it you're you are breaking a promise it's it's like a promise but the the root of that like that's kind of normal like if i say to you i'm gonna be somewhere at a certain time and then i don't show up that's that's dickhead move like why, of, why would you do that so it's exactly the same as that. whole occasion with somebody uh, instead of like you know you've got a romantic interest in this city instead of planning this whole occasion and being like okay it's a date you're you both of them are like okay it's a pact yeah we've yeah. made a pact how right. is how is the language different? Like it doesn't mean anything different, but it sounds different. Yeah, I love. I that. like that. Yeah, I like that. And I I've got this idea as well that um, there are things in in the way that everyday life operates that are more more contractually obligated. Like you are the way you say things is really important. So like, you know how like when you try and break out of a contract with the devil, it's like you have to like really get the wording right. Otherwise there's loopholes. So like if you say something, maybe they're all, what, what is it? They're like, they're all really literal. So like if you say, oh, all right, don't beat around the bush. They're going to be like, what? Why would, you, why would you beat around a bush? Because if you don't say what you mean, you can be taken the wrong way. And in a contract, that's really imp- like, like that's a bad thing. So everyone yeah, it becomes says like a very exactly important, what they mean. It, it, yeah, it becomes a very integral like part of their society that mm. like, like everyone okay, is speaking uh, literally. Okay, Mister Warple, you said that on uh, you, you you said on the fifth that you were going to uh, and I quote uh, hash it out with the boys. What please what. What is hashing it out? <laughs> like, what does that mean? I was like, oh, I'm. Uh, you you said, and I quote uh, to the to the jury that you would beat the living shit out of him. You didn't Where do is that. The living shit? <laughs> <laughs> That's not possible. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, those are those are ridiculous, jokey versions. You'd have to think of some actual uh, good ways to incorporate that. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I like it. it. I, I like it. it. <laughs> What what else is there? Like, there's got to be, there's got to be some other cultural things. I I want to play around with this idea that the pact keepers are the guys in charge. So if they're the are the guys and girls, if they're in charge and they set up the city and they are the ones that actually keep the pact, maybe they are, like, are they are they on level with royalty? Because you know, in medieval times, like royalty, blue blood, and all that kind of thing, was like, oh, they've got a, they, they have a direct connection to God. They're royal, mm. right? So, is the, are the pact keepers considered or treated like royalty because they have a direct connection to the patron, or are they not like that anymore? Are they just purely? Um, figureheads that's what i'm looking for because that could be interesting too and if they are figureheads who what happened to the pact who holds the pact is the pact actually still a thing or did it did it run out years ago and everyone in the city just thinks it's still in in effect yeah is it just like oh yeah the the pact is still there yeah Mm. sure because that could be because then it's like oh what happens if the city finds out that the pact is no longer in effect 
that it's void. What happens? And then Does it all fall apart? You immediately have another hook as well for the, the sheer fact of, oh, there are whispers going around that people don't think this pact is real. Maybe that's, that's what the the other city are doing, the um the ones that they originally escaped from. The the religious faction have like got secret people living in the city and they're just spreading rumors that the pact ran out years ago and we're all just living a lie. We should we should turn our eyes to a true god like XYZ. <laughs> I love it. That would be really cool. That'd be really interesting too. Now I feel like I've got to like make a homebrew world just to put <laughs> this idea in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really sweet. I I when I'm when I'm thinking of like the leaders, I for some odd reason was like, what if they just don't make packs with anyone else? They're not allowed to make packs with anyone other than the pack that they've made. So this society that's built on most like, you know, mundane things involving these contracts these mini pacts yeah yeah these high up people they're not able to to do that so they're they're held in a sort of or maybe maybe they do but they they only do on very special occasions and so to have a pact with one of them is it's like insane yeah yeah like if they're like i'll meet you at eight you're like shit i'm fucking royalty They've 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 given me the respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also like the idea that um if you wanted to go a little bit I was gonna say darker or seedier, but it doesn't have to be, but if you wanted to go a little bit more um I'm trying to work out what word it is, because then I was gonna say lawless, but that's not right either, because the packs themselves, the contracts, they are law. But if you wanted to have it that there wasn't a traditional law and it was just that anything could happen as long as you have a pact you could have it that oh i have made a contract with this man we've had a we've had a disagreement and so we have made a contract that we are allowed to kill each other and so if you kill that man you can't go to jail because he signed he signed a contract and it's like (laughs) oh i made a contract with you that you would let me marry your daughter i asked you if i could ask your daughter to marry me and you said i could so I've asked her to marry me. She loves me. She said, yes, you now don't like me because I stole your pigs from your farm. Well, too late. You can't do anything about it now. You signed a contract that I can marry your daughter. So I'm going to marry her. I'm your son now. Yeah, that, that can make some really fucking like weird, but also interesting for characters sort of situations where you're like... But it's like imagine, a, like, imagine a paladin who is so to the T lawful that they turn up to this city... And they see this fight break out in a bar, right? Mm. They walk into the bar, they get a drink, and then they hear the, the fight happen. And they're like, oh, I'm going to be a good Samaritan. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to break up the fight. And so they walk over and they split them up. And then they get arrested because they've interfered with the contract. Because little did they know, before the fight broke out, like these two guys were like half drunk. And they were like, oh, we're going to fight? Yeah, let's fight. And then someone came over and said, are you agreeing to, a, to, to fight? Are you agreeing to a contract? What's the stipulation? And they said, yes, we're going to agree to fight until one of us gets knocked out. And they're like, okay, fine. And then they fight. We've just broken up a contract. That's, that's against the rules. You can't interfere with someone else's contract. Then that paladin is in trouble. Yeah. Because they Because you've just... interfered with someone else's pact. I love that. Also, yeah. I just thought of a really good tavern name that's probably not that good. <laughs> Go on, try me. Right? 
And now you have to put this in in the city like it's canon now. I'm not going to hold you to that, Brett. Right. So the tavern is called the Pact It In. Ha! <sighs> this is where everyone like claps their hands. I don't think anyone's clapping that, Sam. No, I can hear it. I can hear it through You're the ethereal. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty bad. It was pretty bad. The they packed pack, it in. The packed it in. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Fucking hell. You can tell it's a late one for us today. The, there's a whole there's a whole bar fight. Everyone's made the con like they enter the bar and the tavern uh owner is like, everyone, you need to make a pact uh if you want to get in, involved in tonight's bar fight, blah blah blah. Yeah. They all sign the contract. Your players walk into like a whole bar. A whole bar a just full fisticuffs. <laughs> <laughs> And your players are like, "Wait, what's going on? We need to stop this." And they, they are, they've, they've broken. Yeah, this. they break up the fight. They, they stop everyone from fighting, and then the, the, the crowns guard walk in and arrest them. And yeah, they the get fighters. arrested. Which usually in every other situation, it's like, oh, the players will. Uh, they've helped the guards, you know, find That's out so all these good. people that are starting fights. But no, you you guys are now the criminals because you stopped that fight from happening. And like they come across uh, like, I don't know, an illegal drug ring. But that that house has an agreement with the city that once a month they can have drugs on the premises. <laughs> like who knows how they got that deal maybe they did something really good oh maybe that's how you do favors as well like you um if you do something really good the the mayor like maybe the pact keepers don't govern the city directly they have like mayors or or burgomasters Mm. or something and they um they burgomasters yeah it's uh it's like a um uh transylvanian kind of uh Oh, mayor. Yeah, it's used in um, Barovia has burgomasters. Hang on, I will I will find you the the origin I, of the word. My my infantile brain just went Haha, master of burgers. Uh, burgomaster, the mayor of a Dutch. It was not. It's not Transylvanian. Dutch, Flemish, German, Austrian, or Swiss town. Oh, yeah, there that's you go. cool. Yeah, that's. I want to be a burgomaster. You want to be a mayor, do you? Yeah. Okay, well, maybe that they have that, you know, if, if this mayor or this burgomaster um, thinks that you've done something good, rather than gi- like giving you the honour of the city, rather than giving you the honour of like a medal or, you know, a, a nice house or whatever, they give you one free contract with the city. And it can Holy be whatever shit. you want. So you're like, within stipulation, obviously. So the stipulation mm. is like, well, we have to agree to it. It's a contract, but, you know. And so you can be like, okay, well, I would like my contract with the city to be that um, I get free uh, room and food, board and food, anywhere I go. Ru- ru- you know, ru- uh, And can yeah, you imagine board, if it's just that one person on that contract? Everyone yeah. else is having to pay and they're just like, well, yeah. I made a pact. And then it's it's with... It's with the DM's discretion that the person did something rewarding enough to give them that, you know, or good enough to give them that reward. So the players might do something like they might end up, they get to this city and they're like, everyone makes contracts. It's a really weird place. Like everyone speaks so literally and, and everyone forms like all of their social conventions are formed around these verbal and written agreements. But then they finally get used to it they do something for the city like they stop maybe they find 
the the cult of the god that they were running away from all those years ago and they they unearth it and they get rid of them and they you know save the threat to that that way of life in the city and the mayor says do you know what you've done a fantastic job i'm going to give you one free contract with the city and so the players <laughs> then go all right well we want to be in charge of the city the mayor's going to go well no <laughs> obviously not but if they say well okay well we would like um we would like the manor in the north ward that's on that little hill as our house and the mayor says okay we'll write up a contract um you can have that as your property up until the point you decide you no longer want it and um or until you die how bullshit would that be for the person owning that property though <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I mean, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't chuck anyone out. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine though? Like, oh, okay, I've just made that pact. We did save this whole town after all, and the mayor's just like, yeah, you, you can go to the estate. That's all yours now. You've made that pact. People I think would would have to accept it in society. Yeah, and I mean, that really rich person who's made this estate is now like, oh, shit. <laughs> I think you you can you could do it that way, but I for mm. me if it was my world I'd I'd do it within reason. I'd be like okay yeah, and like maybe they're like oh we want that manor. They may be like well, that manor actually belongs to me. It's my home. I don't want to give up my home. Or mm. actually that manor belongs to one of the pack keepers. So we can't give you that manor. But here are some other options for you. And if not, if you don't like any of those, uh, I think your your achievement was good enough that I will commission a new manor for you, and it will be built within the space of nine months. It's an interesting reward as well that isn't just like gold or magic items. It's, it's a contract, like, yeah. It, yeah, it really gives the players the agency of like, okay, we need to decide what we want as this thing that these powerful figures are going, going to get us. Mm. And I like that you can do this on multiple levels. If you've got like lower tier, you know, first to second tier characters, it can be this kind of thing where you don't interact with or hear about or or come into contact with the actual pact that helped form the city but if you're playing a game where you're mid to top tier you might go to the city um with that contract that you 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 know you did something when you were in levels five to six seven whatever and they said okay your reward is a contract you go away you're like okay i'll I'll hold on to it i'll let you know when i think of something like okay you've got you've got a year to decide what you want you come back when you're 16th level and you say we are fighting an eldritch terror that is coming from the far realm to destroy our way of life across the whole of this world and we would like to petition to elevate our contract to ask the pact of whatever the the person who helped form this town for their aid and assistance and the mayor says oof it's a big ask. Um, you know, roll perception tech, whatever. You've, you've, you did us well back whenever, and um, you know, you're doing something that benefits us by saving the world. So I will ask the pack keepers. Are they, you manage to convince the pack keepers, and they say, yeah, okay, I will, um, I will contact the patron and bring them here through me, and you can ask for their aid. And then the contract is just that you're allowed to ask the aid, and however the the patron responds is up to the DM. Mm. that would be fucking cool. That would be very cool, especially when you're going up against, like, high... Like, you're going against big things and being able to be like, yeah, we did this big thing for you. So you've got to do this big thing for us. 
yeah, can we make the the contract that like we get even like a percentage of this big deity's power for a short amount of time so that we can, you know, defeat this elder evil that is trying yeah. to destroy everyone. Maybe the 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 patron, the deity, whoever it is, bestows boons upon the party for for up until the point they finish their their mission. So mm. they, you know, the wizard gets the ability to cast two ninth level spells. Um, that is a that is a boon in the DMG. Look it up. You know, the 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 druid gets an extra two wild shapes every long rest or something i don't know like you'd, you'd have to work it out like but balance it don't go mental but i mean there are boons in the dmg to give you an idea but that would be a really cool thing and then the boon goes away when the pat when the contract is complete you know it's a limited time offer that would be really cool and i think that talking about culture in the city and, and all that kind of thing what happens if you've got a, a warlock from that city has that patron reached out to that warlock who who has a connection to their plane or something and so maybe that warlock that player's story is that eventually you know they're going out they're being trained by this patron to eventually take the position of one of the pack keepers and that's, that's how the warlock keeps the, the city going that's sick i want to yeah, play that character yeah that'd be really cool i think um yeah i think that could be really cool i think that if you are from like the what like the, the patron has to have a reason to want the city right and that's down to the dm mm. they has to have a reason to want it and to keep people in power and keep the pack going um and i don't think they give eternal life but I, I wouldn't do that i think that ends up the city becoming a bit more evil and being um kind of like a dictatorship but mm. if they're picking people like if you're born there maybe if you're born in the city you have a connection to the patron and you don't know it unless the patron decides that you're you're the one I want to potentially be a pack keeper. I'm going to connect with you and see if I can train you to be one and replace one of these people when they eventually have to retire or die or whatever. Like that, every cool. everyone has a like connection, but only some people are seen. Only some yeah. people are like chosen to. Yeah, like like anyone who's born in the city could be a warlock of X Y Z. Hmm. But not everyone is because the patron, the patron decides, the patron, there we go, <laughs> decides <laughs> which person they they want to, like, activate, as it were. They're all, like, sleeper cells. They're all sleeper and, so <laughs> and sometimes I, I imagine because, like, this deity, is, he's got, like, a personality or they've got, like, a personality. Hmm. Um, they might, as they grow as, like, a patron pick different types of people so like i can imagine that there's a very particular type of person picked for quite a few years and then mm. suddenly the patron is then picking people that don't fit that same oh my god yeah structure and a lot of people are like wait but you're not you don't even like math <laughs> i love that you went for you math can't... You can't, that, you can't be, you can't be one of the pact keepers. You don't like math. <laughs> so, like for the first twenty years, they're picking people who are really good uh, strategists because this, the world's at war. But then, yeah. when the war's coming to a close, they start picking really diplomatic people, and the people who are in charge, as like as like one person who is on the war council, like dies or retires, the new, the first of the few diplomatic come in, and suddenly the the pact keepers are all butting heads because some of them are diplomatic and some of them want to fight but more eventually more and more diplomatic people come in 
because they just the, the phase sort of yeah, goes, it, goes it out yeah it could just time. come in weird waves of like oh th- and that can be how generations are shown yeah within the city is that like different waves of like different types of people are then selected spe- specifically for what that town needs that town needs to earn money Okay, well, the pact keepers that have been chosen are people that show potential as like business people and people that can make money. And instead of um, instead of like baby boomer, Gen Z, Gen X, you'd have like the warring generation, the diplomatic generation, the the, the generation of peace, the generation of commerce. Like, (laughs) yeah, legit. And like after after they've got rich, another generation comes in that is like, okay, well, how do we? Make sure we're more charitable. Then you get yeah, we've got all this money like, now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it just goes in these waves, and it's from the patrons' perspective, it's like they're just picking what the city needs at that time. Oh my god, you know what this is? Selecting multiple indiv- What is it? The patron is just someone playing SimCity. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> the patron is sat playing fucking city skylines. <laughs> Oh no, my income is going down. Like I need businessmen. I need businessmen. Build business schools. <laughs> I love that. And I think you could you could really like lean into that. You could have the patron be someone who just like wants to be in charge of a city. Like that's just something they're interested in. You could have the patron be like really benevolent and want to see the best of their people. Or you could have them be someone that like just doesn't give a fuck and just like goes, oh, it'd be funny if we do this now. Or you have them be <laughs> evil. Maybe they're raising an army to take over the world because they like the power that they get from people worshipping them. Maybe they're really vain. Or maybe they're a child and they're just having fun. Like, oh my God, there's so many options. So many options. What if you were leader? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, It's just a kid. It's actually just like a really young celestial being that is very immature. That is just picking really random people. Some of them are really bad. And there's there's like a period of a hundred years where they have no connection with the with the patron, and it's because they had to go off and like have dinner with their parents. (laughs) And time moves differently. uh, One sec, guys. I'll be back. My patron parents are calling me down. Sorry. Sorry, God wants me. Hang on, I'll be back in a minute. I thought you were God. No, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm God's son. <laughs> I love I, that. I think we've, um, <laughs> I think we've helped. I don't, I don't know. This is there, a lot of fun, There are though. so many, many things that can come out of that one singular, like, idea. Prompt, yeah. It's and a very the, broad one. It really, it really depends on how you see the evolution of that city and how you can see its growth and how you can see its society and how it's all of those like integral parts. Sorry, I just hit my mic. That's um, how you see all those like integral parts because that will change it all. Because once, once you hook onto the idea of like, oh, the the society is acting in this certain way. That mm. then changes everything, and it yeah. grows and evolves from that. And I just love that about this idea. It's just like we could probably go on forever. Oh yeah, creating interesting like ways of making this pack, these packs, and all stuff like that. But th- well, that's, that's the beauty so of it, there. though, really, isn't it? I think it's mm. it's going to really depend on 
Um, I'm talking directly to Brett now, I suppose, but it's going to really depend on the kind of themes and tones that you want to hit on. Do you want it to be a little bit silly? Do you want it to be, to be dark? Do you want it to be good and like light aligned? Or, or do you want it to be a really grey area where there's some good and some bad? All of that is going to change how you take these ideas and your ideas and like mix them together. But I think on on a very flat basis where you could make it good, bad or grey or whatever, I think socially and culturally implementing like everyday verbal contracts and packs is a really good way to show <laughs> that like that basis of agreement has formed society in the city. I think that's a great place to start. I'm really, I'm really glad that we came up with that idea today. That was, that was awesome. I, I was just laughing at John Cena that was just put in the discord. <laughs> Are you looking at the discord server? <laughs> I, I have the page up as, as I've been like talking and I've just been seeing some random photos. So great, up. great plug. Um, if you want to support the podcast, you can by, by becoming a member of the Patreon. You can be my patron and form a contract with me. And if you do that, you get access to this sort of server. And it has been popping off while we've been talking. I've just sort of been seeing the messages come it's, through. It, the, why is there a picture of topless Chuck Norris? With moving pecs. I don't know. I've just gone I've just gone to the main <laughs> chat room and if seen you guys, and, and then if it's you John Cena moving his eyes. Uh, <laughs> Chuck Norris's moving pecs, you better get down to this server and join. Because Christ, that is that's that's definitely what we have to offer i'm now gonna have to go away from when we finish this recording i'm gonna have to go away and like try and work out what's going on in the server right now <laughs> i have no idea I'm, I'm scrolling up and i i still haven't quite got to it we'll uh, work it out we'll work it out it's an enigma but it's a good one but it's then then five out. seconds later you're just gonna see something that's like Ooh, I've got this really interesting question about the shadow fell. Yeah, yeah. We go from D and D to non D and D so quickly. Honestly, I know I kind of. It sounds like I have to say this, but it is my favourite place to be on the internet now. I'm so happy. It's very with it. fun. I have so much fun on there. Um. Okay, Sam. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining me for the first uh, D and D Agnion. No worries. I've really enjoyed it, and I'm I'm gonna have to really restrain myself and be like, okay, I don't I don't need to force this idea into <laughs> my campaign. I don't need to implement this in. I don't need to derail my characters. I, I don't need to force it in there. The next city that they're going into does not need like pact keepers as the organization or anything like that. I don't need to do this. But what if it was? It would be really cool. It would be really cool. Oh man. Well look, I will um I'll definitely get you in for another one of these. Hey, if you um if you have a thing in D D, if you want to hear some random ideas put together over a beer and a cold cup of tea, then it doesn't have to be that. <laughs> um then email us into the very much functional and still operating hotmail accounts. We speak common at hotmail.com. Uh, if you uh stick D D Agneon in the um the topic that'd be very helpful but if you don't want to send me an email because you're not in the early 21st century then uh, you can message us on instagram on twitter or now on the brand new we speak common facebook group what <gasps> shock Woo! horror oh my god Look yeah at that. i know i know I'm, I'm learning how to use it um we are at we speak common on twitter and instagram and the uh facebook group you should come up in searches now because it's been going for a couple of days. It takes a couple of days for it to show up. So just search We Speak Common. Uh, if not, the the hash, the slash for it, the facebook.com slash whatever, is We Speak Common pod. So there you go. Pod. Cool. Well, Samuel, thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. I, my, my cheeks hurt from smiling. 
No, yeah, I've I've got this like giggly excitement going on right now. Good. I'm glad. I'm very glad. Hopefully, Brett, that was helpful. And um and give me more DD Agni Arts. I want to do more of these. These are great fun. These are good fun. Cool. Right, let's end it there. Um and I will I will speak to you again very, very soon, Sam. I'll I'll see you tomorrow for the session. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Ooh. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, do us a favour and share us with a friend or a D&D group near you. If you'd like to directly support We Speak Common, you can by heading to the links in the description, either on this episode or via our social medias to find our Patreon. It's the best way to directly support the production of more shows like the one you listen to today. You can connect with the show on Twitter and Instagram at We Speak Common. The music in the episode is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is held under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.